For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up? This is Vanessa Satin at Double XL. We're with our Moments of Clarity podcast, episode three. This week it's Ramon and Shaheem. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Iron Man. The Iron Man. All right. So this is what's going on this week. We've got 50 verse jaw as usual, 15, 20 years later. Um, we've got outcast controversy, outcast versus Earth Gang, right? We've got Takashi testifying next week or that trial coming into play. Um, we have potential launch of the Troyav trial starting next week. And then we have some special things that are going on is today would be the anniversary of Tupac's death. What year is it now? It's 96, 2006, 2016. It's 23 years. 23 years. Am I doing it right? Damn. 23 years, right? Where were you? And then we have the also today's anniversary of Biggie's Ready to Die, 1994. Yeah. 25 years. 25 years. So some big monumental days or uh, things happening today. And then I guess some interesting news this week. So where do you guys want to start? Sure, I guess, I mean, you know. 50 and jaw? Yeah, we could start with that, then work our way down. All right, well, actually, I guess, okay, so we'll come back to it. So Takashi is going to allegedly testify on trial next week, where they're starting to select the jury for the case that he's testifying in, which is not his trial, it's the one he's supposed to be a witness in. And so there's going to be Takashi. I guess we'll see him next week, whether he has rainbow hair or what he looks like. We haven't seen him in a while. But then 50 was on Power 105, I think, Breakfast Club, right? Yeah, he told Charlemagne that he doesn't fuck with Takashi anymore, wouldn't take his call. And uh, I guess doesn't have anything to do with him. And then he also said something to the effect of that the streets don't matter. Because I guess the big question is, if Takashi comes out of jail and he puts out a hot song, is that going to matter? Are people going to fuck with it? Or is he a snitch and people don't listen to snitches? What's going to happen? And you guys had Mano as a guest last week. Yeah. Mano basically said he thinks that hip-hop is not really for the streets as much as it used to be, I'm paraphrasing, and that the audience might not care about that side of what street code and ethics yeah. were. And 50 said something similar. So, yeah, Well, he was saying, that, I, I think both of them was basically saying Takashi's fan base, you know, which uh, a lot of them are younger kids, you know, not really entrenched in the codes and morals of the streets, not really taking part of in street activity, period. Yeah, doesn't hear to that lifestyle. Yeah, right? yeah, they, they, they not in it. The closest they might get to it is watching it on power or something like that. So, um... He's watching well, a Takashi video. Right, he's watching a Takashi video. Yeah, like I was saying last week, I, I think it's gonna be hard for him. I think he's gonna be, uh... Outcast as far as his peers. That's the biggest thing. He's gonna be outcast. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna fuck with him? Yeah, like they were questioning fucking with him before this happened, right? Right. And you had a few people, Fifty, Nikki, a few people that work with him, a boogie, right? But now you're on a whole different side of things. So are any artists gonna fuck with him? But he was, you know, he was getting all this criticism from you know the 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 previous situation involving like a quote unquote minor, right? You know, before right, he right, came right. out where. They were saying, I know I was in conversations, you know, with uh, our team at the time if we should cover them. Like, mm-hmm. if it really made sense and if it was right and it represented the brand um, because of what he did, you know, and then what ended up happening. I, I, I remember somebody called me, I don't remember what outlet, but somebody called me and said that they were working on a story about the media not knowing how to handle Takashi. Yeah. Like, you, you're documenting the culture, yeah. so you'd be documenting what he's doing, but at the same time, if you're documenting him, are you co-signing him? And for some reason, it feels like media had a harder had a harder time understanding what to do than anybody else with any other crime. But at the end of the day, Maybe it was. music wins. Yeah. You know, so it's like... And I, I think that's what, you know, that's what Mayna was pretty much getting to, and I'm sure that's what 50 was getting into. And in addition, I'm sure that they was also shitting on the labels, like... 
ain't worth shit neither because right. they putting out poison, you know, and yeah. and and you and it's a different fan base nowadays. You know, you got it, the kids who is the consumption, who's the major consumers of hip hop right now is a lot different than what it was like ten years ago. It's a very different contrast. Doesn't that seem like that's what the challenge is for everybody? Is hip hop became as big as it possibly could. The fan base is not the core audience that it used yeah. to be, and hip hop and the people within hip hop don't know how to deal with the fans that aren't the traditional old fans, right? And now right. it's the, the the music is being made for a whole different audience. But that audience spends money, so you don't want to give them up. So it's not just about making music for the streets, even though we want to feel like it is, right? Right. It's like you are know, we it's, old? I don't think not no, that? I don't. I don't no. think we're old. I just I just think that it's it's a. Uh, it's a turnover in hip hop that's taking a little longer because, you know, we we talk about Tupac and Biggie coming in like their anniversaries and stuff like that. You know, by the time it was they were ready to come in and and take their place in the hierarchy of hip hop, the it was a changing of the guard. You know, KRS One and Big Daddy Kane and all of them they they started to, to slow down and. You know, you could really see a change in the guard, but now it's like the guys who were in, you know, some of the older guys, the Rick Rosses, the Fabulouses, the Jada Kisses, Nas, we just went to a Nas concert, even Snoop, like, they're still active, they're still relevant, they're still putting out music. And, you you know, like I was saying last week, I don't think he's going to put out no more music, and partly because... Interesting, I didn't... I, I... I didn't see. I haven't seen many people say that. Well, at all. well, here's here's one of the main elements to it. People are talking under the assumption that he's about to get out of jail. Right. I don't think he's about to get out of jail. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's going to be jammed up for at least like another two years. The rumor is supposed to get out at the end of the year. Who knows what the rumor nah, where that where rumor warrants? You know, it's it's very it's very hard to believe that you know an individual. And again, it's you got to know the system. You know, and if he's facing 47 years, you know, if that's the case. There's no way that he's going to go from facing 47 years of being a complete free man, you know. Um, and to a, a year from now, who's to say that they're going to be talking about him? Mm-hmm. Look, at Bo- could- look, at, look at Bobby Schmurter. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's no, like, yeah, you know, Bobby Schmurter was the man when he went in there. But who's to say what, how is going to, what the timbers is going to be like when he gets oh, out without of Without a doubt. And, and yeah. what you want to do. I mean, we all expected China to get out and release music. And right. And you saw what, yeah, you saw exactly. what happened there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And, and you change. Yeah. You know, like, that's another thing in hip hop is we never give you the opportunity to change. Right. Yeah. You know, and, we want the same person over and over again when we're not the same person over and over again. Yeah. And these guys, they they might even be turned. You know, there's a the, a Forbes article um, with Kevin Durant that came out this week, and he talked about being disenchanted with some parts of being an NBA star. And you know, these guys are young, man. Like you know, Takashi is still relatively young. Well, not relatively. Takashi's young. Bobby Schmurt is young. I think he went to jail when he was 22 years old. So, you know, these guys might not even want to be in hip-hop anymore yeah. after all of this that's going on. But in, you come out of jail at 30 years old, and it's a bunch of 15, 16-year-old kids on Instagram who are, you know, are driving force in things. They might just right. not be interested in you. Right. They don't seem to be interested in the same, like, lore and stories, and we're like, ooh, the, the famous Bobby Schmurter, the famous so-and-so. Like, they don't seem to care as much about stuff as maybe some of the generation before did. Shoot, a lot of these, some of these kids, you hit, you hit them not even talking about the the people that we hold in reverence, like recklessly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like you said that about Nas. Yeah. You said that about Tupac. Yeah, oh did you God. see it? Lonzo Ball was. Yeah. On, he was talking about Nas. I'm like, God damn! Like, it's no respect anymore. You would never yeah. see He's us a sucker. That was some sucker comments, though. That was definitely some sucker comments. All right, but- so let's break it down 50 and Joss. So 50 says that because that was a, a big story this week. 50 says that about the streets and that he's not messing with Takashi and wouldn't take his call. Then Ja Rule pops up. Do you have the tweet of what he said? I do. See, the guy said, uh, safe to say five won't be hitting five for six, nine anytime soon. Uh, ja Rule said, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? Then he further comment. He said, "Here come all the dick riders," because I guess he knew that the fans were gonna give him some of the backlash. And 
His final comments was, I love making you nut guzzlers big mad. Your hero 50 a hoe. I would add him, but he blocked me. Punk motherfucker can't dish it. Can't take it. See the guy come get your mans. I mean, I block people I don't like. But let me, hold on. Let me just, just to, just to dial back for a second. Why would, why, why would Takashi call 50? And why would he, and why would 50 be, why would he accept his call? All right, so then like, the Isaac I, like, Wright That Jr. right there doesn't even make any sense. The Isaac Wright Jr. example, like, then Isaac Wright Jr. came out and he, has, and he said that he was going to go to Takashi and help him out. And then he knew when Takashi wouldn't meet him that he was taking a deal or whatever. But that 50 was going to help him with that, you know, get him a lawyer. Now, I don't know how true that is, but so is, are we saying that 6ix9ine reached out to try and get legal help from 50? These that's the only, I don't know. That's the only, I have no idea. He's taking thing. his power shit very <laughs> serious right now. I, I, there's nothing that 50 can do to help that man yeah, out I in this think, situation. I think see the guy was just really talking about how 5th and Takashi was just so close at one time on social media. 50 called him his son. Right, um, he made reference to him being his yeah. son. He said that's his mama's liked, boy now or something, Yeah, he right? liked yeah. All, the, all of the trolling that they was doing. And, you know, I think 50's... His 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 direct contact with Takashi was through some of the Treyway people. You know what I'm saying? I I think that was his segue into the. Well, he world. he he was on um, before hot before Breakfast Club. He was on Hot 97, and he basically said that his connection slash his introduction slash connection was through his young homies. He uh-huh. said that that was they peoples, and that's how he came around. And when he came around, he was like this real cool, innocent kid. And then he, later he would look at other shit and be like, oh, shit. So I think that in his mind already, he already was probably like, all right, I need to but also, do the Heisman he, a little bit. Right. But if, but also it's to say this is if he is snitching, if he is doing all of this, then I am interested. If it is my right. kid, I didn't train him right. Right. Like, right. I mean, you distance yourself from something when it doesn't feel like you need it around you anymore, I guess. Right. Yeah, it, it definitely it. For me, like I always took it like it was it was comedy, and it's just fifty being fifty when he was like, "This is my son." But if you look at that time when they was dealing with each other, versus how much longer like Takashi like went on after that, fifty wasn't really around. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, why is everybody like, "Oh, where's fifty? It's like I think it's John. I mean, I think it's just. I mean, are you tired of John versus fifty? Yes. Yeah. Like it's I, yeah, almost twenty I, years, fifteen yeah, years I, later. I, yeah. I mean, look, it's real beef. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's like we don't have to. You know, it, it ain't gotta be aired out like that because it's real beef. Like you ain't gotta be talking about it on social media and shit like that, especially when it's grown men. It's different if it's kids. Yeah, but it's I, grown I, men. I, I, think, I don't know who calls people nut guzzlers. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, think, that one was weird to me. Yeah, I think Josh. I don't, I don't even know why he commented on that man like i mean he seems to be obsessed with commenting on things related to him right job regularly comments on things related to 50 or at least we've seen in the media in the in the recent past i just think especially with the thing of of buying the tickets and the show and the first few rows or whatever so i don't know if that set job off or what that he felt like now more recently he has to comment on things well he might get a response i think they gotta let it go 50 is definitely gonna respond you know, loved it. But I don't think you see That's Fifty fine. initiating with the jaw disses. I think, or the jaw comments, or he's not going on other pages to talk about jaw. I think he responds to the jaw stuff, but I think jaw initiates the thing between them. I could be wrong. You know, like Fifty's not going on our page, and jaw said that, and then commenting on that. Jaw is doing that. Uh, some, you know, sometimes Fifty could be a troll too. You know, Fifty like to have a good time and you know just have fun with people. But I mean, at this point, man, is Shoot, it's some of these. Kids I think I, now, I think I think it feels like Jaws more stuck on it than Fifty does. It feels like a little bit to me. I think they gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's really the bottom line. Like it's over. You gotta move on to the to the next. It's, one, it's it's hard though. You know when you say when you know, like I said, when you talk about like real beef, like you know niggas almost losing their life and you know like real violence and shit like that how do you let it go people live with that for the rest of their life right you know what i'm saying but there's just a way to go about you know handling like your 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 issues with that i don't think it's necessary like for the public you know mm-hmm. especially like when you talk about two entertainers like 
regardless wherever they are, they they still entertain us, and that's not for them. That's so. That's but if you go back in the day, those this. beefs were handled in the public. Are we saying? Do you think that that shouldn't be the case anymore, or it's, not theirs because it's been going on I don't so think long? It should, yeah, it should have never been handled in the public. Mm-hmm. You know, like and and I think that that's what a lot of the issues with a good portion of people had with it was that it was aired out in the public. So it's like now it's like all right, let's stop. It's like it's too late. Yeah. You done already. You, you talk far, about yeah. like ten years or whatever now. I mean, it's, that's probably the biggest feud in hip hop history. Just the, the the longevity of it, the violence, uh, the involved, violence in it, involved, yeah. the music involved. It, you know, it was it was. I mean, besides the violence, you know, we never won violence. But you know, when they was going back and forth with the records, it was actually pretty entertaining. It was pretty fun. It was when definitely it, entertaining it was at the, the height. Time, yeah. The records. Back down, clap back. Uh, when Ja went on Hot ninety seven, he was like, "You want Tupac okay. to come back?" You know, it, it was it was it was fun, man. It was it was funny, you know. Then Irv, Irv with his his comments and everything. The G Unit versus Murder Inc. It was very entertaining. They were both making big records at the time, and um, you know, obviously Ja took a hit. Um, to to his career, but I mean, at at this point, man, this is almost twenty years later. It's like it's nothing could be done unless they actually meet up somewhere with a, in a sanctioned pay per view fight and just really got busy. I, I don't know what else could go on. It's like not happening. they don't even. And have, if they did, who would win? I mean, it depends on what type of fight. Come on, it depends on what. <laughs> what type of fight are they having? Is it a no holds barred? Is it a UFC? What What are they having? Is it a cage match, WWE style? Yes, it's a cage match, WWE style, fifty first shot. And who's the Who's the referee? You. And I no, I wouldn't be the referee. <laughs> <laughs> I might get hit with a chair. <laughs> uh, all right, so fifty first shot. Um, so we've got Takashi. Another trial happening next week is allegedly the Troy Aff trial is supposed to start. Three years after the shooting, I think. That was 2016, right? And it's been a long time, and now Troy's got a trial on his hands. Shout out to Troy Aff, man. Shout out to Troy I saw Troy in L.A. Um, this was a couple of months back, man. And uh, it, it was it was funny. We was just in a, a random comedy club. I was with I was with Charlie Mack, my man Charlie Mack from Philly, and uh, we was in a random comedy club. Michael Blackson performed. One of Charlie Mack's new artists performed, and Troy Ave just showed up out of nowhere, and he seemed to be in in a really good, really good space, man. I I just think that it's 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 a shame because it just shows you that one night, man, could really change your whole life and it could really derail um what you had going on you know troy was very active um one of the most um successful independent guys you know he was one of those guys who's actually truly independent because there's some people that saying they independent rap but they're rap, funded yeah. by oh yeah and they, got money. The, they got right. the machine they got the machine behind him but you know he he was he was um he was doing his thing, man, and, and, and this whole thing, he lost one of his best friends. Uh, his career took a bump. It's It's been really tough for him, man. And, you know, I, I saw I saw something where he did an interview and said he should be looked upon as, as a hero. I, I just I just feel bad that the whole thing ever yeah. the whole thing happened for, for no reason. It's like just but that's beef. That's forth. two guys who yeah, were beefing beef. with each other, and yeah, that, that was the moment it escalated, right? That's definitely beef. But the beef wasn't even over really nothing, though. It wasn't like. I mean, it's never really. It's never. If you look at it, it's never really over. It starts from nothing, but then it turns. Well, it turns while, into though. something. I mean, you had you had a good chunk of time where they were that Taxton was definitely going on him on Twitter, you know, and yeah. talking to him on Twitter and saying stuff about him and putting him down. You know how much to happen that we don't know about that wasn't social and wasn't right. there between them That's back and saying, forth yeah. that heightened it. But when, when, when I when I when I say for no reason, Tax and Troy did they have a prior relationship to this? Or it's if just, I, I I don't remember them having, and I could get everything wrong here. If I remember correctly, which I very well might not be, 
Tax just didn't take to Troy's rap style and him as a rapper and him as an right. artist and made some comments or it eventually got to the point where he was just kind of going in on Troy because he wasn't messing with him. I do think they had an early interaction, which I'd have to go back and, and you know, and, and read up on because I don't remember offhand. But it wasn't like they were, you know, on the same streets, on the same block with a 10 year yeah. history of whatever it is, holding each other back from getting money or blah, blah, blah. It seemed like it turned into something with with Tax as a podcaster and Troy as a rap personality, and I think just not fucking with each other. My, my thing, I, I don't really know, but I don't think it was like a yeah. beef, beef, beef. You know, I, I I think the bigger thing is, and you know, this is something that I've I've done in my career, like, and I've always been blessed to have huge platforms. Like, I just feel like when when you're in a position of of power to have these platforms. I don't think you should use it to tear people down. I don't think you should use it to to tear artists down and even their work. If, if you don't like something, then, you know, obviously you, you got the right to speak your opinion, but, you know, to consciously keep All right, so going say at tax is, if Say tax is spending a big amount of time trying to tear Troy down, right? Or say that was happening. And then they don't really see each other and cross paths, and then they do that night. You don't want it to get to whatever that level that was, but you could see two people who are having problems with each other crossing paths in person when you're always kind of just around each other but not, and then what happens from there. Of course. You know, I mean, that's that's the crazy thing is it's kind of like the, the water boiled. Yeah, of course, and, you know, we, we see what happens, the absolute worst-case scenario, but I, I just think that... Um, when you when you when you're doing these things like some of these people that that have these platforms and you know some of these people I'm not even talking about even podcasts per se I'm talking about on social media That's and right. everything you you got you got voices you when you have a voice where people are listening to you yeah you got to take in for instance that you you're talking about people you know what I'm saying like these celebrities you know they they they're in a position of fame and they've accumulated some money or whatever but at and the you're end trying of, to mess with their money ultimately yeah, right yeah i mean if you're talking day, shit about people. someone and doing something and and anti them right anything is a, and if you try to take any of their credibility away musically whatever the end all goal is kind of to fuck with their money right right and like i said it critics i grew up watching cisco and ebert and you know all different type of critics uh you know even with this platform XXL, you review albums and everything. Like, there's I've written a million music reviews and concert reviews. There's a way to be a critic, but also there's a difference between being a critic and just just really trying to tear somebody down. And you know, you gotta be prepared for for what what comes with that because you know this is a this is a whole different. Thing, man, like you know, V Ramon, we grew up in a time where we've seen where rappers actually came up to the magazine right. after something was written and violence occurred. Right. You know, <clears throat> like even before we got in the game, I remember reading the article where Wu Tang was looking for a, a, a certain person. You know what I'm saying? So Mace. Yeah, is is it it get, it could get serious. Everybody is not going to be the bigger person and, and turn the cheek. So it's it's difficult when when I say it just happened for no reason. I, I just feel like it wasn't that serious. It wasn't that. I mean, to bring death, no. Yeah. To bring death, no. To bring guns. Yeah, that's another. That's a whole other thing too. I mean, you know what the. <sighs> With the guns, I don't. I don't think it's 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 only for that. I mean, so you know, some people they just feel like they target. So that that's a whole other story with you know rappers carrying firearms and different people carrying firearms. That's that's a whole another story to itself. It's dangerous. Period. To, for, they carry firearms in New York because right. You know, New York's we, a whole different thing with the guns. Yeah, yeah. It's way more way more aggressive as far as like with the gun laws and you know with with Troy with Troy too. It is very unfortunate because, you know, again, that's a guy who, you know, we personally know, all of us, um, always been a really good guy. And the fact that anybody could make something from out of nothing, you know, which is what he really did and took his craft and, you know, for it to get to a point where... By himself, again, with, yeah, the, with by, the independent, by totally independent, by himself. you know, not with the secret record label that won't announce that you're actually signed to them 
or the secret funding or distributor or whatever. Like he literally did his Harry Potter thing. Yeah, and one and he loses like you know his best friend slash his bodyguard and gets put into a situation. I mean, and, not only that, it, you know it, that that whole event it led to him and. Whole vein and some of the yeah, other and then people the whole, you know, that, ties too. I didn't. I didn't. Well, the thing that I didn't like was mainstream media. These not even music outlets. These are people who don't know shit about Troy Ave, and you know, sitting in the house watching. Coming up six o'clock, rapper blah blah blah. They showing Troy Ave from the security camera shooting and shit, like making them look all crazy. Even though it doesn't. It doesn't not look crazy, but it was portraying a certain image, and it's like, you don't even really know what's going on. And I felt like, again, it was another situation that was just taking advantage of the culture. And it's like, why you ain't saying nothing about the venue? How they got all these dudes packed up in this small-ass room? Exactly, and I don't think they there's should be held a metal detector. Too. How do you get the gun Yeah, and yeah. metal detector. You've got a bunch of rappers and a bunch of people coming to a show in the middle of New York City. Were there metal detectors? Yeah, that's how did, that's how really did the wild. gun get in? You know, I mean, yeah. I know everywhere I go on these things, there's a lot of metal detectors. I mean, you can always get a gun around a certain situation, but yeah. that yeah. was interesting. But in you itself. know what it is? It's, it's a, you know sometimes you you have artists they don't want to go through the metal detectors mm-hmm. and different things, and you know artists artists could really say okay. I wonder what if about they were there that night. I wonder if there were if there were metal. I mean, I'm I sure in whatever case or whatever. They definitely, they definitely was there. They let them. They let them slip in. And you know, the hip hop police was out there too. That's the other thing. They we went to. We went to, to the. A few of us went to the hospital that night after it happened to go see Troy. And we walked in, and they said to us, "He was in the back." And they said, "He's back there." And they said, "The shooter's back there." We were like, "The shooter's back there." Troy and the shooter are back there together. Like we didn't know that Troy was the shooter. You know that that's what he was. You know, so we just. We were like, what's going on? Troy's back there, and they've got the shooter and him. Are they in the same room? Are they next to each other? Who's the shooter? It was a mystery. Mano was there. Did they let you in the room with him? They didn't let us into the room. They let us into the the area and the waiting area that he was in, and then there was a wing that he was on that the cops were pe- keeping people from going down, and they just kept on saying, somebody whispered, the shooter's back there. So we were like, so Troy and the shooter are together back? Like, what happened? Somebody just tra- shot Troy, killed Banger, and they're back there with him? Not wild. really understanding that Troy was the shooter. Or that's who they were talking about. So that that was that was. Bizarre. That's wild, and you know, son got shot. Like you know, his man is dead. Like you know, a young lady got shot, and, and that's another how guy you, got shot. Yeah, yeah, and that's how you chalking it up. And it's just, a, it's a, it's a, you know it's it's eerily. It, it reminds me, even though it's totally different circumstances, it just reminds me of of the shine situation. Yeah, you know, like shoot, shooting up in the club, club man, yeah. and you know, exactly Sean, Sean was somebody that was right on the on the precipice of breaking through and becoming like this major rap star. Like I, I it ended all that, yeah, yeah. I, I I met Sean real early in his career, like um when it, when when they put that first article out in um what was it in Blaze magazine the first article about Sean where he was having a bidding war and all of that I met him real early in his career and we was in, in contact a lot man and then I remember he was on, he was on the bench for a while you know his, um Puff had other his 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 direction was with other artists at the time and you know Sean he was catching a little bit of flack because some people were saying he sounded like big and all of that yeah and you know, Puff's attention was was elsewhere anyway. So Sean was a little frustrated. Then, as he started getting his weight up, people starting to get more familiar with some of the music that was circulating on mixtapes. Puff started paying more attention to him. I love that Shine album. Start building up. Yeah, the album, major album, man. And I remember. Well, the Barrington Levy single was huge for him. Oh I yeah, mean, that that's, really that's said a hip hop yeah, classic. That's a classic. You know, that's a so classic. Now we're all receiving him a bit more and getting over the Biggie comparison. Or yeah, whatever yeah, that, yeah. He, he was able to pave his way, and I, but I was I was with Shine a lot during that summer after the shooting took place, and I remember him just being like really, really stressed out because. He was trying to finish the album. He was going through, you know, so much with with the courts and everything, and he was just he was just really stressed out. He was not the all the time the lovable guy who mm-hmm. I met early on in his his career. But fast forward to Troy, man, and you know, even even with Tax Stone too, man, Tax, um, his podcast was popular, you know. Right. He was he was on his right. way to that obviously made him feel comfortable enough. You you gotta you gotta just 
my my whole thing for journalists that's up and coming and you know i don't want to preach but you know I've, I've been in the game i've been able to do it for 20 years man like you gotta just take in consideration that the people that you're talking about are actually people too right and you have power you know you got like they say power behind the pen it's like power behind your words you know like because now it's it's elevated from print to podcast slash video, et cetera. Slash your social network. Yeah, yeah, yeah your yeah. social. It's we, a lot of power there. I, I just feel like we, well, I got into it to journalism, period, because I just felt like it was people covering the culture that wasn't really of the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't a lot of, at the time, like early 90s, I remember reading an article um when KRS won, I think he, he was talking about Rolling Stone, how they didn't really have, like, black people writing for them. And I was like, well, let me get into it and help these people be a voice. And, you know, obviously the culture has grown with all-encompassing of, of everything. But, you know, if you're going to be in it to me, you just got to try to uplift the culture in a certain aspect. And... You know, it's it's just it's just a shame that this situation happened because, like I said, you got life loss, and then you have two people that were really on the upswing with on on their careers, their lives, that, their careers of everything, and yeah. maybe just it changes the whole course of how you're oh, going to yeah. take care of your family, how you're going to take care of your kids, everything, this, this every plan you had changed. Yeah, this is something that they. I'm not saying that they can't recover from, but it it'll never be it'll never be the same. All right, let's shift energy off the streets and over to Outcast. Outcast, you know, I guess not Outcast. I get Earth Gang versus Outcast. So there was a big conversation this week about Earth Gang versus Outcast, or right. as Outcast and Earth Gang, the new Outcast, or basically that kind of thing. And then uh, comparisons being made, and them being kind of like two Dre's, which kind of shit on Big Boy a little bit, right? Right. I mean, um, it was comments that yes, Jules made. So it stemmed from Yes Jules' comments that that tweet that she put up about Earth Gang being the new outcast. Yes, yeah, that's that. Okay, yes. and people did not like that. I mean, everybody wants a wants two Dre's. I think that a big part of it is from whose mouth it came from out of. Okay, you know, which a lot of people look at it as or like, fingers or fingers, Twitter fingers, <laughs> just, as, just as dangerous with those fingers these days. IG fingers. <laughs> yeah, I think some of the people that got upset was that. They felt that the comment may have been discounting Big the boy. tremendous contributions that um, Big Boy has made in Outcast. You know, o- over the years, I think it's because her, and her cleanup didn't do it any justice either. It kind of dug her right. Which I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, coming from right, what they look at as a non-representative of the culture. Go ahead, you can finish, my brother. Yeah, I just feel like you know, over over the years, you know, a lot of people are talking about Andre because he's been really a, a mystery man like he obviously one of the all-time greats to do it like his just his verses from walk it out to even on the lloyd record to whatever he gets on so the idea that he's playing flute in an airport somewhere right now i've you know you know how many times i've actually seen andre in the airport just on the humble just chilling and i don't it, care about that i want to know how many times you've seen him in the airport playing the flute <laughs> About three. No, I haven't seen. I haven't seen them. But well, let's let's say him. what the let's say what the tweet was. Earth Gang. This is from Yes Jewels. Earth Gang is like the outcast of this generation, only with two Andres. I'm so here for it, and don't fucking at me. Well, I I know. Uh, what a tweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that was bold. But you're still entitled to your opinion. That's the thing is, you are people are entitled to their opinions, right? So that's her opinion. But then I guess people are entitled to respond to your opinion if you make it public. So that's what happened, right? I mean, outcasts, is, they're just uh, a treasure when it comes to the culture. People just hold them in, in such high regard, rightfully so. All of the classic music, but that's what why they can't stand you, I for. I think then why can't you let them live? Like, why can't they be outcasts? Why does the next duo from Atlanta have to be the new outcast? Why can't they be separate? Why, you know what I mean? Like, I think if they're held to such an extreme, why do we have to have a new version of a, a duo, a rapping duo from Atlanta, or a rapping duo go and be the new outcast? Why can't they well, just be never, the Earth Gang? And yeah. then to that point, are they the same based on the level of success? I mean, 
the singles and the size of success that Outkast had seems like they wouldn't be equal to each other, right? I mean, I, I don't think is there'll never be an, a, another Outkast because I mean, just what they did the the wardrobe alone, the the ability to have such a direct um, link to the streets, to the pop world. And as we've seen to outer space, you know, like AT aliens, man, like it, it could never be in the, the, the way they played off each other. Just right. what they, what they did. They won Grammy of the year. Like you really, you can't compare anybody. To so Outcast. is it blasphemy to even make the comparison? Like that's what the, I mean, we, we don't, some people don't like that. It came from her. Some people don't like that it slept on Big Boy a little bit. Some people didn't like that the comparison even existed, that anybody was trying to make the comparison. And people did agree, so it wasn't like she was the only one who felt like that. There were plenty of other people, if you look at the tweet, who liked the tweet, you know? So what was the problem uh, in addition? Like, is it unfair to make that comparison to begin with because of what they've accomplished and why should they be? If there's a new one, then they're kind of replaced, right? That's what the mentality is. If it's something new, the old one's kind of replaced. Is that the issue? No, like, I, I, what's upsetting I don't, about I don't, that? I don't thing? think that because some people, some people were saying. And that, then let's just say this yeah. does have two thousand twenty eight hundred likes. Yeah. So there are other people who felt that that's true. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it's total dis, disrespect to say something is the new something. Like I remember they were saying Nas is the is the heir to the throne of Rock Kim and. You know, he he reminds me of Rakim. At, at a certain point, they were saying Ti was the Southern Jay Z. At a certain point, um, it's always going to be comparisons in, in rap. Like it's it's a competitive art form. Like we always going to say, you know, when when a song comes out, who had the best verse? It's always going to be comparisons and and contrast to it. I think, um, you know, you could actually speak your mind. I don't, I don't think she was intentionally being disrespectful i think it was something that that she that she felt i can't speak for i don't know what was actually on her mind sleepy sleepy brown he was he was saying that when he read it he took it that she was talking about how the kids from earth gang dress compared to andre like that they have to start wearing ski boots before i'll make that comparison (laughs) once i see one of them wear ski boots then i'll go there but Dude was on stage with ski boots, and we know how hard those are to walk in. So, well, you see, Nick, Nick Cannon and took over the, the turbans. Yeah, he, he's trying to bring the turbans back single handedly. Um, you know what? You know what would really silence everybody? A new Outcast album. A new Outcast album. A new Outcast album. I would love that so much. And it would be such an interesting test of the time of what people are responsive to, what people are receptive of. You know, like. It's been years without Outkast. Can they fall right back into line? I think so, you know, and make hit songs. And then how does the younger generation respond to that? Who wasn't around or who was one when Outkast, you know, especially coming, Especially coming out of the the hotbed of hip-hop, Yeah, you know, right now. The only thing I felt like that was lacking in, you know, that comment um, was just to really identify, like, how much inspiration that they've given, you know, don't don't let it come off as if like you're 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 downing like really important pioneers of the culture like you know like uplift them. But aren't we giving her too much credit to begin with by caring about what she said? Yes. You know I mean like I would no disrespect to her at all, but what does it matter? Right. You know like it's there's her, other people who opinion. said it yeah, and had an opinion. Her, they'd be like, that's crazy that it came from opinion. them. You know, and I, I say that with all due respect. You know, because I I know Jules. You know, and she's actually like a really cool young lady i think she's a, a bit misunderstood but these are things that that fuels the misunderstanding you know what i'm saying like you just you can't come out and you gotta be really careful like you can't just come out and say some shit like that without providing like proper context mm-hmm. at least you know there was a previous situation at least with that you know there was a video component you know where you can get a better understanding of it but you just can't put out like a blind tweet or, or instagram post like that and then be like oh don't don't at me or some shit like that you know what i'm saying because then then it, she, then she, you're then she you're knew, un- she knew you're what under, it was wrong. right because then you're undermining your entire purpose right of what it is she knew exactly what type of controversy it was sparked. 
Yeah, and that's that's not cool. You know, we're supposed to be uplifting the culture, not like trying to tear down like legends and shit. Because you know, clearly, Outkast is like really phenomenal to the point where you even gonna make that comparison. Mm-hmm. How how much how, how much Outkast does she know? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many albums does she know? How many Outkast albums has she bought? You know what I mean? So it's like. That's just the certain things of which you got to really be thinking about before you take that role. Like, like Shaw was saying earlier, like, you just got to be really careful about some of the things of which you say. Like, if you say it and you mean it, that's one thing. But if you're saying it to draw, like, some type of controversy or, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's not So how that's, careful that's are you two with the tweets that you put up when it regards your feelings? Are you going to say, well, I'm not going to post this because I know I've got some sort of voice within hip-hop? You know, some people know who I am and that might offend people based my feelings on this topic. Not the outcast, but any topic. I say, I, so you are careful. I mean, if you say whatever you want, can't she say whatever you want? Or do, I you, say, or do you edit yourself? I say whatever I want, but I'm, I'm very conscious of what I say before I say it. And I know how to articulate myself and back myself up properly. And that's the difference. A lot of people just say shit. And then mm-hmm. all these things that happen, they be like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. And I'm like, but that's, that's I've the learned problem. a lot over time when you learn writing, you know, when you're writing and stuff, and you'll write something, and you'll have one perception of what it means. And then somebody looks at it as totally different. Right. And you're like, how did you get that? Right. How did yeah. you How did you get that? That's not what I meant at all. Right. But you took something. But then it's, I guess, is it? it's my failure for not understanding that you would take it in that meaning. You wouldn't take it the way I took it. You took it in a different way. You know, it's it, there is a challenge and thinking like how are people going to respond to what I said and are they going to understand did I do the due diligence of explaining it a certain way you know I think I mean, that you, you I mean that's yeah. are you careful with your words I, you might want to get your, your point across but you got to be careful doing it yeah I, I just I just try to articulate myself in, in the best and you know I I, I think with with um, with Twitter with social media period I think sometimes the impulses when it first comes across everybody is always wants to be the first or something to say something or respond to something or I think it's an impulse that you know people want to write down or tweet out or put whatever in the atmosphere whatever pops in, in their brain at a certain time and you know I, I use self-control it might be sometimes where I might see something that I don't like or something that's just totally whack I, I hear a song that was horrible and you know, in my mind, I'm like, yo, this is the wackest thing on earth. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not really here to tear down people. So I, I'll probably censor myself in, in that regard. So sometimes it's easier to not speak on something than, than yeah. have an opinion about it at all. Yeah, I, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather be silent. Um, I, obviously, my first choice is to big something up. Like I hope I hear something to come across something that's spectacular that I just want to big up but you know if it's something that but that's hard too because you don't want to be a fraud like you don't want to be the cheerleader of everything when you're like well that isn't that good you know what I mean to to support it so you gotta find like a balance with all of it I'll definitely be silent on some things the safest way to go right nah I don't want I'm not saying safe I just I just feel like um, you know like I said man I'm, I'm just trying to uplift well, we need that. So good. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, I need uplifting. So if you could text me every day and uplift me, that'd be great. No, he's not going to do it. You see? All right. So text you. T- what? I'd like a text to uplift me tomorrow. No. All right. Tupac is dead. 23 years. Gosh. 23 years. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's a long time. <laughs> you know. I can't I, believe it's been that long, you know? It's a long time for a legacy to keep getting stronger and stronger within this culture, mm-hmm. which is, a, is a, a beautiful thing. And what's so crazy is that when you listen to the music, his words are just were so prophetic and they still are just so relevant to everything that's going on. Like everything that Pac was rapping about. Um, he could rap about today. He could rap about today, man. And I think Pac, if he would have lived, he definitely would have still been at the very top, you know what I'm saying? Would he have been hip-hop or would he have transitioned over to Hollywood on some Will Smith and we'd be looking at Tupac's son rapping? I think he... I think you know, he, I mean, he was in the he was in the grasp of, of, of a lot of movies back then. You think he would have stayed in hip-hop or he would have been whisked away into acting and acting and we wouldn't have Tupac? I think he would have been... I think he would have been the perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really feel that he was... I just saw something the other day where they said that 
Pac was up for the role of the the role that Will Smith got in Independence Day, and I definitely know I've seen interviews with the producers of Star Wars where he was supposed to be in you know one of the Star Wars films when they were doing the prequels and all of that. So I think Pac his his acting you know just right away you know Juice the stuff he did on Different World just right away his his acting was just so captivating it translated into the music and he actually went to school the school of the arts he went to perform arts you yeah. know to actually to do everything you know when you go when you go to those schools like even back in the days if if you look at the old days of Sammy Davis Jr or even the people at vaudeville they did everything you know they it wasn't such thing as oh he's a singer or he's an actress oh he's an entertainer you know Sammy Davis Jr Dean Martin, even Jerry Lewis, Frank Sinatra, they all made that whole rack pack. They were putting out albums and movies simultaneously. I don't know if they had soundtracks back then, but they were actually mm-hmm. doing and they was going on tour while the while the stuff was out. So I think Pac just studied entertainment, you know, from those guys to Michael Jackson and I think he would have had the perfect perfect balance I feel that he would have been one of those people um, I forget what you call it but he would have won the Oscar Emmy, Grammy Tony like oh that. yeah you get the ego right it's yeah. like Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony EGOT right? EGOT, yeah. EGOT. He and would... that's John Legend right? Did he, yes, did he accomplish yeah. the ego? Yeah. I mean, there's a few people. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but I think that's what it is. But I think he's one of them. Pac, I think Pac, Pac would have been. A, he would have did that a couple of times. Mm. He would have did that a couple of times. And he would, you know, he, when he passed away, he was the biggest star in the culture. And I think if he was still alive, he would have also been the biggest star. But I, I, I think we would have seen... Um, some of the things that he talked about as far as being active in the community, I think we would have seen him do some of these things. Like some of the things that uh the late great Nipsey Hussle, um and it's 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 almost fitting because the last time we did a well, the second to last time we did an interview with Nipsey was at Rolling Loud in LA. He had a Tupac shirt on. Right. And, you know, I always say that Pac talked about not being the person to change the world, but sparking the mind of the person that was going to change the world. And he definitely lit that spark in Nipsey. And, you know, Pac died when he was still in his 20s. Nipsey passed away when he was in his 30s. And we saw, you know, what a 10-year a difference can be. You know, like Nipsey, when he was 30, he was able to manifest all of this knowledge, all of this willpower, um, all of this ambition, and put it into action, put it into activations in his neighborhood, into the communities. And I think Tupac in his 30s would have been a dangerous, I you mean, know. you're right. And Tupac, Tupac in his 40s, would have been, what, 47, 48 now? Oh, my goodness. Now? I in, mean, in his 40s. He, yeah, he yeah. might even be in political office. Yeah, that's what I Imagine him right now in like this era of like the social justice movement all right but he had some charges and he had some uh some questionable background with things that he went to jail for so do you think that would have held him back no no mm-hmm. no because it didn't it, it wasn't holding him back you know when when he when he went to jail it made him even more of like a, a hero yeah of. When he, well when one he, of them at least mm-hmm. shall i say the incident with the the shooting with the two atlanta cops with the two atlanta cops yeah, yeah. i mean when he came out of jail and did I mean, that's that. a wild story. That's a very, oh, that's a wild, very story. wild story. Yeah, but I know when he came out of jail and he linked up with Death Row and he did that All Eyes on Me, and he put that that project out. That was like it's a heart stopping moment yeah. in hip hop. That was like, see, you, I, well, I had to have Machiavelli ready. Yes, I mean, the, the thing is, you'll never. Uh, a lot of people will never know the joy of actually going to the record store and having the physical copy and just looking at the artwork in your hand just so buying hyped. two copies so that oh you can goodness. have it for your car and your house you know just, like- just being so excited i remember um when jay put out um i think it was i think it was um 
volume three and he and he made the rap about opening up the 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 wrapping off the C D and me and my brother was actually just have finished taking the wrapping off of the C D <laughs> and, and put it in the car, man. Pac would still be one of the kings. And I don't get into like um if Tupac was here, who wouldn't be here? I who's I d I don't know. Matter. You know, yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it might even be more people here because he might have been able to even in, inspire even you know more greatness you know like the level of of music might even be in higher regards if if if, if Pac was here with with how he was doing and the man made so much music like he definitely to me influenced all of these guys like a, a Gucci Future. Um, and they've paid homage. Busta, like all of these guys who have millions and millions of records and their, you know, hard drive, Meek Mill, you know, he, he definitely showed that this is the work ethic that you have to have. You have to have catalog, not only in the marketplace, but also in the stash. I mean, how many Machiavelli mixtapes came out, you know, unofficial Machiavelli mix came out of just unreleased music after Man. his passing that he just must have been recording like crazy. Like, how did he have time for anything else? Man. You know, but um, all right. So shifting over, uh, R.I.P. Tupac. I, I can't believe I'm always shocked that he doesn't have children, that he didn't have children, that we don't have a junior or, a, you know, a son or a daughter that he had be left behind. You know, just to see how they grow, that it stopped with him. They're you know? called rappers. Huh? They're called rappers. You're right. Okay. I'll what's, give you a little, what's your favorite <laughs> thing there? What's your favorite Pac album? I mean, I love it's it's. I mean, yeah. It's you like the whole catalog. If you're a Pac fan, you like the whole catalog. You could say, okay, well, the earlier stuff, Digital Underground, was a little bit different. You know, and he's a dancer then, but. If you like Pac, you know, you there's a definitely a distinct difference between post I think it's post Shug and pre Shug, you know? Like his involvement in his relationship with Death Row, the music drastically changes after that, I think. So, you know, I think the anger is with a lot more with the, you know, post jail and with the Shug Rain, you know, and that's where you got those albums. So he was definitely in a different headspace than when he got picked up, you know? He just had so much to say. He had so much to say, and, and, and if you believe that he didn't think he was going to have the time to do it, well, then that it's, it's more understandable. Right. One of the most incredible things is that it, it just, you know, when you look at Pac's career, obviously, you know... Are you still there, the, yeah. Oh, I, man, <laughs> him and John B. When, when you look at his career, obviously, you, you think about Death Row because that was, you know... That was the last thing. He was in the car with Suge, and he was on death row at the time of his death. But his time on death row was so, so short. short. Yeah. Not even a year. They, they didn't know each other that long. The whole yeah. thing, you know, it wasn't like a crew that had been built over a long time, and it was his boys and blah, blah, blah. It really was a short bid before it was all over right there. So that new version and that Tupac, we only got a little piece of. Man. All right, so shifting over Biggie, anniversary, ready to die today. Um, September 13th, 1994. 25 years. 25 Amazing. years. Um, Ready to Die definitely is in my top five, all t maybe top 10 of all time, probably top five if I could sit down and write down the list. Uh, funny, funny story that people may not know about. Um, when we was doing Hottest MCs over at MTV years ago, um, one of the things that spawned it was a debate we was having with Sway about Ready to Die versus Life After Death. Two classic albums. We love both albums. Which one is the best? Sway oh, one's a double disc, one's not. It's hard. You have a lot more material than another one. I mean, I was on Life After Death. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I said Life After um, Sway was on Ready to Die. It's it's a it's a big debate. I think um, when we had the conversations with with Puff and C's, I think Puff is on, and I may have it in reverse, but I think Puff is on Life After Death. C's is on Ready to Die. Not taking anything away from any of the project. Everybody agrees universally. They both classic. No flaws to them. But which one was better? I just feel that Life After showed the growth of him taking it anywhere, but 
ready to die, man, is such a man, it's it's such a cinematic record, um, something that you could play all the way through. And 94 was just an amazing year because you got to think about it. Doggy Style came out in 93, in the 93, but it was still popping in 94. Wu-Tang. Because well, albums lasted a lot longer than right. uh, <laughs> Friday to Monday. Yeah. You had no choice. Wu-Tang came out in 93, was still popping. Black Moon came out in 93, was still popping. Um, R. Kelly 12 Play came out Nas. in 94. Nas, Illmatic, Redman, Method Man. When they was doing that Monster the Man, that was 94. Mary J. Blige, we just went to the concert. Um, her album, man, it was just so much that came out. Wasn't Outkast yeah. then? Wasn't Southern Plain? Yeah, Southern Plain came out mm-hmm. too. But, you know, Big was just able to cut through. Um, and and it, it was just something that actually as big as Ready to Die is and how much it's love. It didn't come out out of the gate as the the big seller. You know, you had Snoop with Doggy Style doing like a million first week, and that was just out of the gate such a sensation. But when Ready to Die first came out, it was only like twenty thousand or twenty five thousand the first week, but they kept pushing it. Word of mouth came, and people it just it just, it just he was also spreading. very charismatic. He was very I mean everything lovable. about Biggie and lovable, lovable. and all that. Everything he wanted him. Lovable. I think people wanted him to win back then. Like they were yeah. attracted to the personality, you know. And then the records just kept to me. They kept escalating. Like, um, I mean, unbelievable that flow pattern and the way him and DJ Premier. That that's a marriage made in heaven. Wednesday was the anniversary of September 11th anniversary. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I looked around and saw a lot of people sharing their stories about where they was on that day, how it impacted them, etc. You know, as a New Yorker, there was only, there was a number of times that, like, you, can, you had, like, these iconic moments right. and things that happened with those days that you'll never forget, you know, and the day Biggie's album came out is like one of those mm-hmm. days, you know, I, I, you know, I remember being in school and like leaving school just to go and get the album. And it's like, people was in the streets, yeah. just like that playing the, the music. It was crazy. You know, I never, I never really seen nothing like that before. And then like the music had backed it up and it's like just the whole build up, you know, for it to get to that point. You know, I, it was it was definitely like a moment in hip hop like I've never even seen before. You know, I saw somebody had put on um, Twitter the other day that was like, "Oh, which is one of the most one of the the deaths that impacted you the most?" And it was like Biggie, Nipsey, Pac, and something else. And I was just oh, like, man. "Yeah, it was like all of them." I still can't but- believe Nipsey's listed in that. I mean, this you know, yeah, even when crazy. you say it, I can't believe Nipsey's listed in that. You know, and, and when you go back and you look at. You look at, like, Ready to Die, you like, damn, you would never think, like, all these years later, like, all this shit would have happened. Yeah. You know, and I'm happy to see, like, all the positives, you know, the celebration they did for him at Barclays, the the street naming, signing, you that know. That took long enough, right? There was yeah. enough pushback over the years. What his finally. kids has been doing, like, the Junior wonderful Mafia things. Coming like, mm-hmm. The wonderful things his mom's has been doing with the estate, you know, it's... It's no, been, his daughter's it's, got her own right. business. His son's, his son's acting doing and doing great. things. Everybody's successful. Yeah, yeah. It's no, been, I mean, it's been amazing. It's too bad he can't see it. And I, I and, they, and 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 without even knowing him, and imagine the people who did know him and, and felt that way of what he wasn't around for. You know, it's it's heartbreaking. But I I am happy that <clears throat> Big was around, and we were also around to see it. We did get a chance to see him fully execute everything for Ready to Die. We never got a chance to see him perform. Right any of the records from Life After Death, but we did get a chance to see the, you know, right, right in front of our eyes, the transformation from the, the, the street thug with party and bullshit and just the records that he did on, you know, the mixtapes with a bunch of niggas and, you know, all the different songs that, that he would do with like Red Hot Love and Tone, all of these records. And then to see him, I never forget the, the end of that year, 94, going into New Year's, and Big Papa had had come out officially as a single. And I remember just bringing in the new year 
with with Big Papa playing and it was just such a I, I was in VA at the time. I was I was in VA for New Year's and Big Papa was just killing the yeah. New Year's Eve party in the club and it just it just felt so good like But it would now too. You know, oh, that's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, yeah, is that yeah. it, would, it would have, I mean, the exact Very same timeless would do, record. it's, it's All timeless of them. records, right? His, All of them. his catalog, short catalog, there's a timeless thing about it that you, there's no reason kids from today should be able to get into it. You they know? gotta get into it. And, I, I, and one of the things I hope the DJs bring it back, like, we, I don't really hear it in much of the clubs now, 25 years later, obviously, as we did, but for a long time, man, the biggie set. In the club, when yeah. you go out to the club, that would get the people hype. They go from one more chance to who shot you to um, unbelievable, big Papa, just so many like that. People forget that Biggie just really brought in that real, just as 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 thuggish as it was, and and hood as it was, and street as it was. It was just that real feel good music, you know, like. He he made like when he say Ashy the classy like he really did it like you know he popularized the high lifestyle you uh -huh. know like the Versace the 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 champagne the women the cars like he really sunglasses sunglasses ready to die brought that out and it's it the imprint is on every single thing that we see in some shape form. And, you know, one of the last things I say about Big, because, you know, Big is my favorite rapper, so I could talk about him for a whole podcast itself. But <laughs> um, he had the cheat code, first of all, the voice. Yeah. You know, he has a voice unlike a, any other. I think, like, Big, Snoop Dogg, the late great guru, Jada Kiss, some of the best signature idiosyncrasy voices um that 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 we ever hear like when 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 you hear big on the track just his voice alone and then uh i think big got one of the best flows ever and the way he just delivered his, his the the voice on every single song whether it was aggressive whether it was smooth um, he has such a, a great sense of humor, bringing bringing the sense of humor to uh, to the music. Man, ready to die is just one of the masterpieces that um, I think everybody in rap had to study when it came out. And you know, big he he said he said a a, um, a, a big emphasis on him um, when he was making ready to die. He was looking at what Snoop and Dre was doing. Right. He was looking at that chronic, yeah. that doggy style. No, I'm like, well, that was yeah. such a movement at the time, yeah. I mean, Man, and he, you know, they they had it. You know, the West, the West was was so strong, and obviously they still strong right now with everything that TDE, right? And but that was something everybody's different. doing. But you know, Dre and Snoop had such a stronghold on hip hop and death row at the time. But you know, we start chipping away, corrupting dance. Oh my God, Lady of Rage, yeah. Nate. But then you you saw how the East it just start chipping away slowly, but surely Wu Tang Clan. What the fuck is that? Oh, oh my God, what is that? Then Nas Illmatic, Jesus Christ, this is the second coming. This can't get any better. But you know, even though Illmatic wasn't wasn't a big seller artistically. It just it just kind of just started chipping away, and then over the years they get the credibility, you know. Oh, so yeah. Maybe oh, they yeah, weren't yeah, a big yeah. a reasonable doubt wasn't as big as we've right. made it now. It's the time goes by, and I think you even see the importance of those albums even more as the time goes by. Right. I mean, they were incredibly important then, but then you even see the impact uh -huh. as it goes. So maybe the sales weren't as, but it because there at the same time, but becomes a classic just of the importance that it had. But I I, I was going to say I think Ready to Die was and that and that trio. That was sort of like the grand finale. Well, not the grand finale, but the the uh, the final building block, and the East Coast coming back to the highest of the heights right. in hip hop. Because you know, Death Row, they had a strangle on it, but you know, Biggie brought it back. He went multi platinum. That was the thing. It's like, okay, cool. You got a dope album. You got the streets. Yeah, you, 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 you're official. You, you, all your street credentials are intact. 
Wu-Tang, they, it took them a while, but they eventually platinum. Illmatic didn't go platinum. A lot of bootlegging. But then Biggie, ready to die, it took it beyond rap. It was like, okay, now we got something from the East Coast that's a major pop sensation right. too. Because right. that was on MTV, that was on BET, and it, it had crossover appeal to it. Yeah. We can go on, but today is their special day. It's the anniversary of Tupac and the celebration of Biggie's Ready to Die. So it's I so hope everybody listens to Ready to Die today. Yeah, not to cut you we off. listen to that every day. Good. It's, it's so ironic that the, the two guys are just forever intertwined. With like, each other. Like, just as fate would have it, Pac dies on the anniversary of Ready to Die. Like The irony and all of it. Yeah. Ironic. Yeah. Gone too soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.